Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Shay. Oh, man, I almost gave my other intro. This is Shay coming back at y'all with another episode of the Emmaus Proposition. Man, I hope y'all doing good. Hope uh, hope this finds you well. Uh, things are going just normal over here, man. So, uh, as always, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe if, you, if you're watching this over on YouTube. Uh, if you listen on the podcast, thank y'all for the love, man. Yo, spread the word over there, man. We're going to keep these going. And uh, today, I have my friend Troy that came over for a visit. Uh, been trying to get Troy on for a minute, man. And um, finally got him over. Got the glass of sweet tea, just so y'all don't <laughs> think I'm I'm sipping on something. Hold on. Got the sweet tea going. And... Um, Y'all saw by the title, we are going to be talking through uh, Marvel. 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 And adjacent topics that come with Marvel. <laughs> I was about to say, we, we've had, like, Troy's been over here for, like, a half hour already. We've already talked about, like, travel and politics and yeah. all kind of craziness. But we're going to settle in on Marvel, and we'll see where that conversation goes. Sounds good. And like always, man, like, over here on the Amaze Proposition, um... We believe that everything, every absolutely everything, ultimately leads back to Christ. Amen. And so it does not matter what we're talking about. Anything in all creation was uh, from him and through him and to him. And so even something like Marvel. Y'all know I did the, the episode of the, um, the multiverse of madness. <laughs> but we are going to dive deep because uh, I'm not a comic book guy. Troy is kind of, he's more of a comic book guy than I am. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, man. Sure. What is it? What is it that you like about Marvel? Com- Actually, you know what? Before we do that, yeah. tell the folks who you are, man. Tell, tell them your pedigree. Pedigree. Uh, <laughs> so as Shay said, I'm Troy. Um, my pedigree is just a lot of nerdy things. Uh, played video games growing up as a kid. Read comic books as a kid. Uh, didn't really have a relationship with Jesus until I was 18, 19. So I had a deep established uh, history of nerdy culture and now Jesus culture on top of that. And as I walked with Christ, I began to see that it's not just culture, it's identity and relationship and it's kingdom servant, kingdom minded. And in that, I began to notice things apologetically, you know, through Danny Daly and stuff like that. I began Mm -hmm. to learn how to take this unknown statue you know, like Paul did with Athens. Yeah, take yeah, that unknown, take that unknown God, and apply it to everything of the world, and kind of pull the gospel from it, and to bring the gospel to it. Mm. And um, I feel like that's it's always been kind of like a passion and a drive. Um, I'm a huge music guy. When I was in my early twenties, did a lot of touring, um, hardcore band here in Reno, and really crappy venues along the West Coast and stuff like that. Did you guys have competing bands? Because I know a lot of guys... We played with the Waiting Ins from time to time. And we played with the Fall of Leviathan. We did shows with those guys. Okay. Um, And then when we actually kind of mixed things up with like Barcadia and like the more like straight edge militant, Mm. like hardcore kids. Um, And then after my early 20s, I kind of just went through a grown up phase where I just stopped doing things that I enjoyed and kind of went through like a like a plateau mm-hmm. and I uh, just worked and tried to glorify Jesus in it and I just got real bored in life and then 
Marvel just kind of blew up. Like, we had Iron Man and the Avengers and stuff like that, but something about, like, Phase 2, Phase 3 just really, like, roped me in. Phase 2, Phase 3 was... um, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. And then going into, like, Ant-Man. Yeah, okay. So... That's when it started getting... They started... <laughs> not like, not necessarily changing the genre, but like they were they were it almost like they were adding more humanness to it. So yes. like Age of Ultron, I feel like was really serious because that that's when they introduced like um, that that was the catalyst for this uh, Scobody, uh Scovia Accords. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why I was about to say, dude, you're good. Um, and then after that, so you had Guardians. I yeah, which no one had three. an interest in at the point, and yeah. then suddenly everyone. Is like and dancing, then, listening to like seventies oh and eighties singing soundtrack. Iron Group. Oh, dude, yeah. And I think suddenly we have a record. We have a record of that soundtrack. I, I had it too. Like I totally like understand. vinyl. Like we oh, got it, we got it on vinyl. Oh, okay. So we went. You got your we hipster back. Print. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I mean, <laughs> I, can, I can't deny it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say something cool, like it was like a <laughs> kind of thing, but. <laughs> No, nope. uh, hipsters have ruined everything. They so have anything cool have. like that? Pet your legs anymore? Now, now you can't even have a nice beard. I know lumberjack shirts, dude. Tell me about it. <laughs> the, the only thing I have going for me when it comes to like having a beard of a lumberjack shirt is I am just a little too fat to actually count as a hipster. Like I, I, I don't, I don't eat vegan. I don't. <laughs> yeah, eat, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I, you don't have special cigarettes that you no that you roll no, yourself. No, <laughs> uh, the most I'll touch every now and then is like uh, backwoods. You know, What's that? It's a cigar. Did like, you say backwoods? Backwoods. Backwoods. Okay. Backwoods sounds. I'm like, a little, what is that? That That's... sounds a little like, you know, Polish. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, bring it super. Hits, yeah, bring it back. Uh, so the Sokovia Accords yeah. is actually kind of what began to really route me in. So. With Ultron, a lot of just, like, Tony's idea about, like, his, all of his arc from Iron Man's 1 through 3 is him kind of coming to terms with, I'm not an egotist, I'm a hero. And Mm. what does it mean to be that hero? Well, I'm getting too, it's like he starts getting into that lethal weapon, Riggs, Murtaugh, I'm getting too old for this crap. Sure. So, because of that is when he's like, why don't we just put a shield around the planet? and because of his hubris, because of Tony being Tony, is why from Age of Ultron, like Age of Ultron led to everything with Thanos Absolutely. and the endgame. And like yeah. you could even theorize, like there's out theories out there from other like YouTubers and stuff that Ultron actually saw Thanos in a way. Like he had a vision of Thanos, and oh, that's why he yeah, thought yeah. what was it? The the theory is that Ultron wanted to not destroy Earth, but cripple it in such a way that it would manifest more heroes mm. to be able to fight Thanos mm. in the future. So that's like the running, like one of the big theories is it wasn't to completely obliterate, but it was to decimate, reduce to ten percent. You know what's sucky though? So by the time, and I'm and I'm super fast forwarding. By the time no, they dude. get to um, the Eternals, yeah. You hate the Eternals so much. I really, <laughs> I really do. I honestly, I really okay. do. We can get into the Eternals, and I'll have that conversation. Here's the thing: like that Thanos argument at that point would make a lot more sense. Like if, if, yeah. 
if Thanos is going to come and snap and deplete half the, uh, it was the universe, right? It wasn't just Earth. It was, it like was everywhere. All life everywhere. Every, all life everywhere. If, if he's going to decimate Which, half of it, well, then... We won't get into the logic of how it would only take 50 years to rebuild the population in a whole entire universe. Someone did the math, like logarithmically, of depleting the resources by 50% in I'm not going to... I'm not going to offend people too hard when I say probably some of the wrong people get snapped away, and yeah, there's going to be some like yeah. some birth issues that we're going to have. Yeah, okay. If breaking the fourth wall real quick, if you know what I mean. Anyway, Thanos was the hero then. Yep. Because he was actually stopping the Eternals. In theory, okay. one, one could say he was okay. stopping the Eternals so, from coming and destroying so, all of Earth. So, 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 so. This is where it gets super crazy. Do you want to know why, out of the 14 million different possibilities, Strange saw one? That one. <laughs> that stupid little one. <laughs> so, this is, this is, again, this is another theory, but this is one of those theories that I actually have really latched onto as, like, canon. Okay. So the week, the oh okay, oh, pause real fast. You can't say Marvel canon. You you can't do that. No, why not? Because they 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 reset the timeline out of whim. We'll 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 talk about that too. There there's okay we will because there's no way you can say Marvel canon. Okay okay. They'll just create would, a new Earth. Well, and say oh we're oh, in the multiverse now. Well, there's no more canon. We'll get we'll get to that, Shay. We'll get no, to that. You're gonna anger me. I, I feel it rising, Troy. Hey, you wanted me on here to talk about Marvel, <laughs> so you did this to yourself, dude. Uh, at like out of the out of the, all of the things that I really kind of get into is Marvel has been like a consistent draw. There's only one sure. other thing that I like more than Marvel right now, but it's progressing so slowly that I'm just waiting for the next book to come out. I will okay. not waste. I, I will not talk a lot of time about Stormlight Archive, but. Read the Stormlight Archives, man. Just Is that, that's the one that you have uh, that you're gaming on, right? No. What's no, the no, one no. that you're? Because uh, you have like a whole oh, like, the, like the gaming thing? setup. Oh but you're, you're no, playing no, something no. that you were telling you were telling me about when I was over to your house. Yeah, that was the Stormlight Archives. Stormlight Archives. I have, okay. I do have. So on my gaming setup, I do have like desktop backgrounds dedicated to it. Okay, uh, but just check out Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere. He's got his own like MCU thing going on with books. He's wow. a phenomenal author. Little plug there, but so the thing that they don't mention during the Eternals, uh -huh. that whole plot takes place a whopping week after Thanos Endgame. Eternals, mm -hmm. yeah, you just made me more upset because it, their their excuse for that was okay. Hold on, we're, we weren't allowed. Yes, so here's okay to make you even more upset. Then okay, it takes place the week after the Eternals. Or uh, Eternal Six Place a week after uh, Endgame. So, the working theory that I have latched onto, because it just kind of makes sense, okay, is because, you're right, Thanos was the good guy because he stops the Celestial from returning, mm -hmm. but not really. Because the moment everyone gets snapped back, the convergence still happens, and the emergence still happens. Right? Yeah. What is the key thing that Selma Hayek's, I forget the name of her character, because she really contributed very little to the story at the end of the day. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Eternals either, but okay. there's still points to it. Um, her character basically said, 
if it wasn't for the fact that like Steve and Thor and Tony reversed everything, that humanity showed their strengths, it made her go, maybe there's worth interfering for. Maybe they're worth sacrificing and saving for. So here's where things get interesting. The theory is, when Strange was going through all those scenarios, sure. he kept seeing Earth getting destroyed, Earth getting destroyed, Earth getting destroyed. Okay. But the one scenario where it didn't get destroyed was because of how they did all their time travel back right. to the future, right. tomfoolery, yeah, yeah. reverse the snap, save the day, and did so in such a way that even the Eternals, who apparently aren't living beings to where they never got snapped, witnessed the destruction and end of Thanos. So you're saying Strange saw the Eternals, the Eternals saving the Earth. Saving the Earth. Yes. And that was the actual endgame scenario. Is by them interfering in the way that they did allowed the Eternals to suddenly give a rip about interfering. Sure. And that's how they stopped the Celestial Baby from being born. If that is what actually happened, that's a very better storyline than what they put forward. Agreed. And that's why I'm latching on to it. <laughs> because again, okay, so, I, and I've said this before in conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. Eternals is, I, I, I tried so hard the first time I saw Eternals because I've seen it twice now. Because oh. I, I am one why of... Why would you do that to yourself? Because I'm one of those people. Okay. I just, I, I always do one look and then like a while later I'll watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, noticing different things and trying to go with it. Okay, now that I know what to expect... Maybe I can kind of, it would almost, some people would say it's simping. <laughs> I'm looking for excuses why this is okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, that, that is definitely simping. Totally. For sure. Um, I will not deny that fall. I for am sure. a bit of a Marvel fanboy, um, but I can at least admit when I'm at wrong. <laughs> that being said, um, with the Eternals, um, if you take out the fact that it was Marvel. Mm. It took out Thanos and all that stuff, and you just made it a standalone story. It's actually, and the unnecessary love scene where there's no chemistry. If you took that stuff out, it's actually a quite beautiful movie. Very expertly cinematography. Like, I care about that stuff, and mm. it's well done. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that that unnecessary romance between the dude from the Game of Thrones and the Asian gal. Mm-hmm. And the other one. The other one was unnecessary, too. Except they at least had chemistry. Oh, are you talking about with Kit Harrington, the Black Knight? No. Okay, I'm talking about the no. so Druig and the Deaf Girl. They at least have chemistry. Yes, I could I could actually see that. They at least had chemistry, and honestly, they should have. Come up. Who's the the black dude? Oh, dude. Yeah. 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 That was. And I'm I'm not making that face because oh, gay guys kissing. It was more of like that was so it was unnecessary, forced, yeah, and it just was it was forced. it was unrealistic. That that becomes the part where. Um, See, we wouldn't talk about politics. Stuff that I yeah, know, huh? <laughs> stuff that Disney has gotten its hands on. Like I've, ta- I've, I think I've talked about Disney a lot on this. For some reason, like all the stuff that I like, Disney owns right now. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the day where they they buy up Dark Horse and they take He Man and ruin that too. It's not like Kevin Smith is doing a great job with it anyway. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they yeah. they turn uh, Tila into He-Man, and then it's, it, that first season was, it was god-awful. Anyway, I'm, I'm just, I'm dreading, I'm dreading, like, everything I love, 
I like everything I like entertainment wise. Disney takes it and just like bundles it up, spits on it a little bit, and then plasters it on the screen. So you're gonna take this for what you will. Yep. This isn't like Star Wars in the sense. Okay. I think Disney has more control over Star Wars than they do with Marvel because they have publishing rights for Marvel. Okay. They're, they're just a financial backer. So if you want to get mad about politics and Marvel, it's not Disney's fault. That's Kevin Feige. I don't disagree with that. I, 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 I don't disagree I, with I, Disney I, ruining things. I partially they ruined Star Wars. Oh, they, I, don't, they, I, don't like, I don't like Star Wars they anymore. Star Wars for me. The only thing that came out of Star Wars in the last years is uh, Rogue One. I loved Rogue One. Loved That's Rogue the one. Rogue One is part of the pre, original trilogy for me. But that was pre-Disney, wasn't it? Nope. That was right when Disney bought That was it. after the acquisition. Wow. Miss Marvel also was... So I actually enjoyed it. Okay, I was going to say. I actually, I, I actually it. loved it. And the reason I loved it is because it was like... It was part history lesson. Yep. So me and Christina sat on the couch and we're like, what's this partition thing? Dude, the partition is nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> And to, to set a storyline the way that the way they did it was really well done. And mm. I, I didn't I didn't hate Miss Marvel. Uh, I know there's people out there that are like Because it's Muslim or because it's a girl. No, because people hate Marvel right now. Okay. Anything that Marvel puts out, they're just like, ah, Marvel. And and so I, I went into it with low expectations because sure. everything that Marvel has been putting out right now has been has had that twinge to it where it's like I don't sucky, think. like a sucky twinge. Is that? I think I think it's that's a blasphemous twinge. No. It's, it's like a, okay, yes. <laughs> there's something there where there is, there is it some when you there. when it when the show ends, it doesn't feel good. And Miss Marvel, I watched it, and though I didn't like how, because uh, more than more than making her cosmic, I'm sorry, they made her cosmic when it seems like she was more of an inhuman. I can answer some of the. There's some history there that I can answer that. Okay. So, and this is this is not like common common knowledge. So I don't blame you for not knowing this. So, do you know roughly the timeline that the Inhumans were made? Do you remember roughly when the Inhumans popped into the comics? In the comics, I don't know anything about comics. Okay. I, I can say when when we were introduced, my wife and I, when we were introduced to Inhumans, was the Canadian show <laughs> that came out. That awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> it had potential. It had potential. It had a really good cast. They didn't handle it well. No, they did not handle it well. And then when uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. um, went through the whole Inhumans thing. So, okay. So you're coming from strictly cinematic Strictly cinematic Okay. So the Inhumans comics popped into the scene just after the Fox acquisition of X-Men. So... Oh, back in the 90s? Correct. So when when Fox started making X-Men movies, this guy came out on the scene and wanted to make a bunch of characters... And X or the Marvel CEOs were like, yo, like, if we start making characters for X-Men, we're just going to draw more business to them. Let's make our own thing. And that's how the Inhumans were born. So there are so many Inhumans that are just basically mutants. Yeah. The Terrigen Mists interacting with Kree blood. Yeah. It's just a really weak, like... Mutant... Template. Oh, yeah. It's just a template. Now that you say that, that makes sense. So that's... So that's why it, it would be like a um, a fast forward on a mutation, essentially. Yeah, it's just a catalyst that triggers it. Or okay. So that's what makes the end of Miss Marvel so fascinating. 
is when, uh, you know, totally not boy toy of hers says there's a mutation and they very subtly play. No, 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 no. Did you catch that? No. No. Okay. I watched that scene like five times and drove my wife insane. Okay. (laughs) She's like, why are you watching this over and over again? Which, by the way, your wife is really cool, man. Like, uh, just hanging out. Yeah. She's great. She's she's awesome. She is a sweetheart that will throw down and you will not see it coming. I I can tell, like... She has a background with metal and corn and all this stuff. Watch where she comes from. Oh, you gotta watch her, like, if you piss her off kind of thing. Yeah. No, she she will build you up and break you down. Um, As a good wife. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's a good wife shit. Miss Marvel, it didn't suck. Nope. I still didn't... You still have to explain why they went cosmic as opposed to... Okay. Year. So the reason why they went cosmic, um, that one is super easy. I don't fully know. Um, she never was ever cosmic. She was basically a glorified Mr. Fantastic with her abilities. Right. And beginning is like her big thing where she just right. kind of stretched Armstrong's herself yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't mind them going cosmic because I think where they're going with Saga f- or Phases 4, 5, and 6, which has been confirmed to be called the Multiverse Saga. Okay. I think they're building up towards... Well, it's, I mean, but for all intents and purposes, they already have... Um, they have four, name, uh, America right. Chavez. And so basically, they made She's her almost. Cosmic. She was cosmic. Ooh. She, she was always multiversal. I mean, are they not? Is that not interchangeable? No. Come, so come. I, I I know. Come come. She's this. This is where you get into pedantic word use within Marvel because they're the ones who create the terms. Sure. So uh, see. See, you can never have a cannon. I don't even know why you use Marvel cannon. Now you're just making up words to suit your own craziness. That's not cannon. Dude, that's just a, a day in the life for me. <laughs> what, just making up your own words? To suit, your own <laughs> suit my own needs. Yeah, that's like, this is how I exist. Uh, uh, not being. S- okay, so. So you're saying America Chavez is not cosmic? You're saying she's more multiverse because cosmic. that's that's the that's the core of her ability. Okay, and that's why she's like, oh, I don't dream. I'm the only one of me, kind of thing. Is she is a she is an anomaly in the multiverse system, whatever sure. you want to call that. So, so then that means the uh, what's what was the uh, the company in Loki? Roxxon. Oh, the TVA. The TVA. That yeah, means yeah. they're going to be after her. No. Should be if she's an anomaly that exists outside of but the multiverse. But she's not a time anomaly. She's not a variant. She doesn't have variants. She is an anomaly in the sense that within the logic of so okay, but she can create anomalies. Yeah. If she's going to the multiverse, she theoretically she could cause anomalies. Okay, theoretically in that sense, yes, they could basically just like the A three eight universe, they took her, put her into quarantine, right? You know, whatever diseases, viruses you're bringing, right? If you want to approach it like the CDC, you could totally do that. <laughs> Let's not approach anything like the CDC right now. Hey, at least they're redacting their words and going back to what is actually considered canon for the CDC. To... Oh. Yeah, we're... <laughs> sorry. Just uh... <laughs> so start all sorts of. Things. Oh my god! So okay, and this is we we are now getting into territory where <laughs> my depth of knowledge in comics starts to come to an end. Sure. Because I started 
Okay, I, I mentioned earlier, in yeah, my yeah. 20s, I started going into this grow-up phase. Okay. That's roughly when America Chavez and oh. the Inhumans kind of step into the scene. Okay. So this is where we start getting into theoretical. This is where we start getting into speculation on my end. Gotcha. Um, however, a lot of the content I still consume on YouTube kind of helps bridge some of those gaps for me. Yep. Because they're pretty unbiased and informative. They don't go hardcore into like, oh, it could be Mephisto and... Like, dude, chill. Like, Mephisto's not going to show up at the beginning of freaking Phase 4 on WandaVision. Um, sorry. That would, I mean, that would have been sweet, though. You get into you I mean, get into Fonzie jumping the shark territory, though. I'm just saying, though. It okay. would have been nice. It would have been nice. You already then, got Quicksilver right there. It would have been a, It would have been an easy... Do you want me to talk about my theory of it, things of Scarlet Witch? It would have been um, easy. It would have been easy. Um, what I think they're doing is a convoluted way of being easy. A convoluted way of being... An oxymoron. I, I know what I just said. So, in in Multiverse of Madness, they talk about the temple to Cthulhu. Right? Hmm. Uh, the temple where the Darkhold is from. Okay, yep. So, Cthulhu is the elder god that they talked about that came in and created that temple. Okay. Cthulhu in the comics is an entity of pure chaos. And uses the Scarlet Witch and her chaos magic as an avatar, as okay. a vessel. Okay. So that's why the Darkhold, like, if you actually, if you, do you ever watch, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff that they do for everything? Every like, now and then. So the one for Multiverse of Madness really kind of drew me in because they go into the actual, like, character design behind Wanda's, like, new outfit. Sure. Because she's actually wearing the WandaVision outfit, but it's corrupted. Oh. Yeah, so all that, like, that darker tinge, that's actually, like... You did see in WandaVision where, like, her, her fingers are super black. black. Yeah. Yes. Which they also did with Hag uh, Hagatha. Agatha. All her fingertips were black. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they end up getting these crack nails because of Cthulhu's corruption and, like, through the dark Did you call them crack nails? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that just went, skip a beat. Cool. Gonna keep going. Uh... Oh god! So, where where I think things are going to go with that is, did you watch the most recent Thor? How do we want to Love and Thunder? Yeah. I have not watched it yet. Okay, I and will... I'm not sure if I want to. I've heard I, and that's what I'm I'm torn, man. Because like up up till now, every everything they've done post in game, no post in game, yep, has not been. How do I say? You used the word connected a few months ago. It fe it, it feels very disjointed, for sure. It, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it fits so within what they've already done. They have finally come out and said why that is. Okay. Phase four is about repercussion. It's about reaction. It's about grief. That's I'm fine with that. So where Thor, Love and Thunder kind of comes into that is mm -mm. I'm not going to say anything major. Okay. All right. There are themes that get established, and this is this is kind of the unfortunate thing with Taika Waititi, is as much as I love his work, um, it's kind of, they, Marvel has kind of made a mistake with putting too much work into his lap. Um, I'm one of the few people that actually like the first two Thors more than the recent Thors. Oh, They're okay. entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I am sure. thoroughly enjoying it. 
But the depth of care into the Nordic lore mm -hmm. in the first two movies mm -hmm. is super important to me. They replaced like, it. They replaced it with comedy. And I'm okay with elements of that. Comedy's fine, yeah. but it's irreverent. Comedy. Yeah, yeah. And when you kind of take irreverent comedy and you bring it into Nordic culture, which in itself kind of has some irreverent mythos behind it, like you read some of the stuff that the Nordic gods did in their own culture, it's a little inappropriate and irreverent. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to make everything a punchline and gag. Yeah. Um, there are themes that are in Love and Thunder that I do think get undercut by Taika Waititi's personality. Um, oh. And I caught them because I care deeply about that kind of stuff. I sure. mean, it's going to sound stupid, but I recently did find out that I'm like 5% like Scandinavian. So I just oh. have a fascination with that stuff now sure. because I had no draw, no connection. And I was like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. I, I can be a... Part Viking? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give me the ale. You know, like, <laughs> I don't drink beer. Out of a horn. Uh, out of a horn. <laughs> um, so, no, I I think Love and Thunder has been the first movie in Phase 4, the first show, even, in Phase 4, that made me kind of go, like, okay, what was this? Mm. Um, it was still entertaining, and it still, it still had connection to things. They're building to something with that. And I'm looking forward to what they're building to. But it was the first one that made me go, I think I see where Shay is coming from in this regard. Yeah. Um, I think it deserves this, like, the fact that it's lower on the Rotten Tomatoes. I, I will... Really? It's entertaining. That doesn't make it good. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's plenty of, there's plenty of entertaining movies that are bad. Street Fighter the movie will hands down be one of the worst movies I've ever watched that I love. So that kind of gives you some credence. So bad it's good. So bad it's good. Yeah, yeah. I get that. So I get that. Love and Thunder is not bad. It is still good. Right. But as far as its storytelling and the impact it has overall, it has left me kind of wanting because now I'm connecting things that haven't really been established yet in hopes that there is a connection. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was trying to get with, with Cathan is because in the comics... I'm not going to go too heavy into this because I don't want to spoil anything for okay. you. But Gore the God Butcher in the comics uses a weapon that is made by the god of the symbiotes. The symbiotes, like Venom, yeah, yeah. Carnage, yeah. the symbiotes are still owned by Sony. So they can't. They, they can't really do it. that. Yeah. So you get into things like entities like the Chaos King, Cthon, Mephisto... And what I think the MCU is building towards is instead of having all these different entities that are kind of synonymous but different, mm -hmm. I think they're going to combine them into one. And I think they're just going to be their own single isolated threat. And outside of that, I won't go too much more into Love and Thunder because you haven't seen it yet, yeah. and I don't want to spoil that for you. But there's stuff that is missing from... Oh, there's so much stuff that's in Love and Thunder that you see that if you know, you're like, I know what that is, I know what that is, I know what that right, is. Right, right. Why is this missing? Yeah. And that just further establishes that, like, why I think these things are connected, but I don't have confirmation because they're not saying anything yet because it just came out, maybe. Sure. Or... But here's the thing. Yeah. Like, like they, so they... I think part of the problem is they have, they have so much material to work with. Yeah, too much. But, they're, but they're trying to, like, pull themes from... 
all the different resets that Marvel has gone through. And so, yeah. where, where they have, like, like even with... Uh, Golden Age, Silver Age, then they have the Ultimates, then, yeah. Civil War was, was like <coughs> their own thing, and they try to, they're trying to take elements from it. And yes. and now that now that uh, Endgame is done, and it and it feels like when um, I don't know if are you a sports guy? That was a dog, by the way. <laughs> I think that was just a reaction to me shaking my head. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, back in the early two thousands, the Sacramento Kings were like they were really good basketball. They, basketball, okay. Oh boy! Sorry, man. I know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm into a lot of different things. You're good. Um, it's going to be well rounded. But they were really good. They, okay. they were. They were like they had a really good team. Uh, they had. They didn't have a lot of elements missing to sure. make them a complete team. And then they got to the point where they um, they started trading mm-hmm. their their players away to different okay. teams and stuff like that. And they've kind of sucked ever since. Well, and so it. it Teams go through like this, this almost like this great reset. Not the political kind. <laughs> they almost go through this great reset <laughs> where. Hold on, let me reset my microphone. <laughs> where they, uh, they're like, okay, let's scratch the whole thing and try to start from scratch. What I feel like what Marvel had over DC was their ability to tell stories mm. on the screen. In the way that DC was never able to capture, like they, yeah, the fact that Batman and Superman, their moms are both named Martha, should not be the catalyst of why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so so I, I will say I haven't seen the Snyderverse cut. I, I haven't seen the Snyder it's cut. It's like so three I don't hours long. I can't. It, I can't sit through it. I know. It. I, 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 I eventually. And it's will. moody. I don't want. I don't want to sit through moody. Oh, dude, I'm moody. I. I, I it's. I may not come off like, but I'm actually drama. I, yeah. But okay. So here's the thing. Yeah. Um. They've come out with Shang Chi. Yep. They've come out with Eternals. Mm. They came out with now Doctor Strange. As well as all the Disney Plus shows. All the Disney Plus shows. Moon Knight among them. Doctor Strange was probably the best thing that they've come out with. In I disagree. Posting it. But fair. That's your opinion. <laughs> Dude, I love Shang-Chi. I love me a good martial arts film. Here's the thing. I love, and that's, I think my expectations were high. Yeah. And they let me down. Really? Yes. Oh, dude, I had no expectations and I was blown away. No way. Yeah. They could have brought in They could have done so Fist. much. Let's not talk about Iron Fist. They could. I mean, I'm saying they could have brought in Iron Fist. So, and that would have like started this thing where, like, because Marvel now owns all of this stuff. Yeah. Because now they're going to do stuff. They're going to do weird stuff. Like they're going to bring in Daredevil into uh, She Hulk. That's not weird. But they didn't. I, but I'm saying they didn't bring Iron Fist into Shang Chi. Hold on. So that's what makes it weird. Hold on. And okay, okay. like all okay. the New York stuff, all the defenders. They, we're going to get into that then. All that kind of stuff. Because that's the kind of... My wife and I are going through... I'm re-watching all of them for the first time after years. The Netflix ones? Yes. Now that they're on Disney+. Plus, and right. Surprisingly. Surprisingly unedited. Uh, good Lord, when Frank Castle shotgun blasts a dude in the face, you Holy see Lord. it. Yeah. And I'm just... Sarah was like, 
They can show that on Disney Plus. I'm like, apparently, they, uh, they just showed it full blown. Yeah, yeah. I'm and I'm. She loves. She loves Frank. Yeah. She's like, I hate this guy. I love this guy. I'm like, same. Which, dude, of, of the Punishers they've had, John Berthold is amazing. Dude, he's the best one. Yeah. I, I I don't. I know. love Tom Jane, but this one's. He's got. He's got that like. Oh no! You actually do have a screw loose. Uh, they too. also capture like this is this is an actual man like when you watch right. Tom Jane it's like oh he's, he's, walking through bullets. he's just walking through bullets yeah. John Bernthal is getting stabbed repeatedly through a prison scene dude and somehow surviving dude drenching in blood just off pure anger <laughs> yeah rage yeah, is yeah. a hell of an anesthetic he is uh, the Marvel <laughs> Darth Vader oh yeah <laughs> dude. The first time he opens, walks into that hospital at the beginning of season two, Sarah's like got chills seeing the footsteps. She's like, "Is this the Punisher?" I'm like, <laughs> "She's like, she's getting excited." He's like, "I know who this is. I know who this is." So, okay. but I'm saying like, we're gonna get into Defenders then. Yeah. Uh, so the Defenders is kind of a weird subject because around the time of like Marvel starting to grow in popularity, Netflix bought the rights to some things, right. and that's why we have, like, the Defender Saga. Right. So, in that time, things like the Defender Saga, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Peggy Carter, right. were all considered non-canonical because Marvel wasn't in complete control. Okay. That, that seems it's like stupid. It's, it's weak sauce, yeah, but yeah. it's super stupid. But now that things are being roped back in, to, to as weak as it is, to answer part of the Shang-Chi and Iron Fist thing... They didn't have that written, like the the contract ended before they finished filming. Then you hold off on releasing it. Well, and then okay, so this is and this is where you can blame cancel culture for this. So a lot of people did not like Iron Fist because a lot of, not a lot of people know who Danny Rand is, and they just saw why is this white dude doing martial arts when it could clearly be. You know, like you have Culling Wing and all that stuff. It could clearly be like an Asian guy doing this. And that's just the ignorance that's, of that's stupid not, people. Yeah, that's not who uh, the Iron Fist was. Never was. So um, It doesn't also help that the guy that they cast didn't actually do a lick of martial arts training. It didn't help that he did not have delivery. He's a Kristen Stewart of the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Holy crap. Um, I, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> I was just as excited about the announcement of Iron Fist and that there was going to be freaking Wu-Tang Clan as the soundtrack oh, man, the to soundtrack all the fight was, scenes. The I love me some Wu-Tang martial arts, dude. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with, like, the fighting game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> you know I remember what I mean? That was so, Super NES, right? Uh, no, PlayStation. Was it on PlayStation? Yeah. PlayStation 1. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I grew up with that. Yeah. So, like, and I, I'm not a big, huge, like, hardcore rap guy. But you can't deny good martial arts has to have a good rap beat behind oh, it. Yeah, the sure. throwdown hits so much harder oh, yeah. when the beat is lined up with every punch and kick and throw. And it did that in Iron Fist. The fight choreography was actually kind of lazy in the first season. I will give you that. Season one was that. pretty rough. I will give you that. The reason why season two is regarded so much better is because it was actually kind of focused on Colleen, who at least cared about, the actress actually cared about what she was doing. So I'll give you that. The tie, and this is this is where things get interesting. Reportedly, the actress that played Colleen was rumored to have actually shown up, was supposed to show up as a 
post-credit Easter egg. But the reason why she didn't is she was currently filming a different show at the time. If they had just flown her out for a day, totally shot that scene, totally, I would not have been mad at Shang. Other than, I wouldn't have been mad at Shang Chi. Other than, as soon as he gets the rings, he knows how to use them. He he went through no character development in that movie. That's why they he fought the, Michelle Yeoh. They did. <laughs> I know I'm going to make you angry so, about it. That was intentional. So yeah, but that that's, was, that's that's typical martial arts, though. Watch typical martial arts movies. They don't go into a lot of character Even time. Bruce Lee failed. Yeah. I saw, I saw Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi fail. never failed. He never failed in the whole movie. He knew I mean, how to do everything. <laughs> he knew how to do everything right off the bat, including using magical rings that he's never laid hands on. I mean, he looked at least a little flabbergasted by it. For like 0.2 seconds. And, and then, then like, when Wu was throwing punches and kicks in his face. Watch out. Like, he knew how to do everything. Dude, that actor rocks that role. I love I love. I thought they, I think they did the perfect cast for it. Dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I liked everything except... It, did so you not like I think here's my, either? What's that? Did you not like Aquafina either? I didn't mind her. I actually love her. I like her. That's not a comic book character. I like her. I, that, so Everything people, she's been in, she's been a great actress. People trip out that she uh, talks... Like she's got like a black center or whatever like that. And no, I, she's from New York. That's why she. I'm talks okay like with that. that. Yeah. yeah. Like if you if you talk to New York people, that's that's, that's the way they, they roll. And so like especially if you're from anywhere around like Brooklyn or the Bronx or anything she like that. She has a really large mouth. Like the jaw thing kind of freaks me out. <laughs> I'm not, Sorry, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying the storytelling in this phase has been subpar. So they they've got major potential. The Eternals, for what it could have been, the Eternals so, I think is still the weakest of all of it was them. The, it was it was the weakest, and that's including the shows. So I would give the Eternals a C minus. I would give it a D. D still get degrees, unfortunately. Barely, barely. You're not getting into any other college. You might get into like Arizona State. <laughs> you might get into <laughs> community college, maybe Arizona State <laughs> or Chico. Uh, oh. <laughs> that all being said, okay, like I don't disagree. This has been, the quality has been kind of low. And I think this is where the, like this is where you begin to see some of the wrinkles, right? Anytime you have a long running series, mm. you know what I mean? Like take, let's look at The Walking Dead and it's like 20 plus seasons now of mm. side story after side story after side story that no one actually cares about anymore. Sure. Um, and I don't even, I don't even care about the walking dead. I don't do zombie stuff. Like it's just lame to me. Yeah. Um, but anytime you have a show that's going on a little too long in the tooth, there's going to be some wrinkles. And I think what's happening right now with Marvel is they're trying to distance themselves from just being superhero films. That's why we're seeing people like Martin Scorsese get so ticked off that like, his three-and-a-half-hour mafia drama, which was amazing, didn't draw as much interest with the general public mm. because Shang-Chi did, mm. right? And I'm probably mixing up the timeline of what movie was out during uh, The Irishman. But the point is, I think Marvel is wanting to get into genres. That's why, okay, so like She-Hulk is being advertised as like an Ally McBeal of superpowers. Huh. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's why it's getting that kind of tone, and I'm kind of I'm kind of for it. Yeah. Like um, a lot of people are kind of upset that like okay Charlie Cox is reprising his role, but 
or putting them in a comedy, I'm like they must not have paid attention to the Defenders show mm-hmm. because there's some there's funny some, lines. There's some funny lines in there. It's like sure. you know Jessica Jones saying you look like an asshole. It's like it's your scarf. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's. He's always been quick-witted. He's not like Peter Parker quick-witted. Sure. But he's been... He knows how to chirp off and yeah, be yeah. funny. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing... One, I love Daredevil. Daredevil has been... One of my favorite characters in comics and now as an adult as a Christian. Way better than the Ben Affleck Daredevil. We're not even going to... We're not even going to talk about that. <laughs> how dare you? Um... I'm so offended. Uh, you should be. That, putting, putting Wilson Fisk as Michael Clark Duncan. He, Michael Clark Duncan is such a better actor. I liked that. He, I don't like race swaps like that, but that was one that swap. I was okay with. I, he, he stole the show, but it was still like, oh, Michael Clark Duncan, this is one of the last things you're going to be known for, dude. Not the Green Mile. You were, <laughs> I never saw the Green Mile. Dude. Good. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, I'll forgive you. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so there, there's an interesting there's an interesting little tidbit to like a little history of me is before I became a Christian, Frank Castle was like my hero. Oh, He's okay. the hero I identified with. Sure. When I became a Christian, it kind of turned into Matt Murdock. Um, and so that season of Daredevil season two. With mm. them on like the roof arguing, oh yeah, is like my inner monologue. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I'm in like whatever that. like mood I'm in, yeah, is because cool. any given day I have my days where I hate evil so much I want to do something about it. But then I have to remember that everyone is still a life. There's still a chance for redemption. There's still a chance that these people can be turned around mm. if someone just talks to them, gives mm-hmm. them a chance to build up, and then that whole entire dog of like, oh, you're so naive and just kill them. I put yeah. them down, they don't get back up. Um, that whole entire exchange, is, I love that conversation. That whole argument was like great cinema, great TV. Um, so, and this is going to kind of go back a little bit to Miss Marvel. The reason why I liked Miss Marvel wasn't just the, the history stuff with the Pakistani and mm-hmm. the partition. The thing that kind of blew my mind about it was there are now two heroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have a religious leader as a source of wisdom. Matt Murdock, he goes to, he goes to his uh, pastor. pastor. He, he goes to his bishop, priest, whatever. Yeah. And now, Miss Marvel, tell, however you want to handle the, the Muslim thing, the Islam thing, yeah. she still went to him and he gave very sagely wisdom. Sure. And that is something that is so lacking in our world, especially in a Western culture, America, right now, when you have textbooks that are being like denied by Florida, thankfully, because their math problems are talking about how Christians are racist. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's so yeah. much effort going into like this this new movement of like millennials and younger on um, what's the term that they're using. Um, like rejection theory or something. Oh, the de- deconstruction. Deconstruction theory. Yeah. And like, well, all deconstruction theory is is an inability to doubt your own doubts. It's mm. it's an inability to have a conversation with someone other than yourself. Like, 
I've heard some like Rhett and Link and all these people, these big YouTubers that are like, I used to be a Christian and now I'm not. Right. It's like, well, you did all the work to research things, but you didn't have a conversation with anyone of consequence over mm. your spiritual walk. If I fall away from Christ, it's on me because I didn't talk to you or Seth or Sean or any other spiritual leader that is a huge, close influence and mentor and friend. Sure. If I walk away, it's because I chose to not say anything. And that's kind of what the core of deconstruction theory is. Sure. Is it's people not doubting their doubts, and it's people not knowing how to have a conversation that's uncomfortable. And that's just like the freaking feeling of the day with America right now, is no one wants to just have an uncomfortable conversation. Like one of the first conversations I had with you and the first time we actually talked was me talking to you about like, hey, what's it like being black, basically? Sure. And like, what has it been like being a black Republican? And just all the... Well, not a Republican. Conservative. Thank you. You're welcome. There's a huge, huge difference. Huge, huge, difference. huge right. difference. You're right. I know better than that. <laughs> Independent constitutionist. Um, no one cares about third parties. No, so. they don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, at least I'm no longer libertarian. I learned my lesson. Um, sorry, I'm not civil libertarian. I'm still federal. Like Jefferson. Oh, man. That, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, we don't need to have the conversation. Okay, okay. We'll spare your listeners. Oh, boy. Because that's, that's going to get boring. No <laughs> way, dude. Politics gets kind of boring now. Oh. Because at the end of the day, people aren't willing to... What what's what was... I know you've listened to... Been in a few podcasts with Seth and Sean, but there's a new N-word out there that's nuance. No I one's, hate that word. Nuance? Yeah. I think the way people are using it, they're using it as an excuse um, to not have anything definite. So as I'm as you, as that is talking the to a person, use. yeah, they're like, well, oh, for you, oh, that's nuanced. Yeah, no, 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 no. So and, and I had a couple of pastors hit me with it where I'm like, um, because I, quite honestly, I think there's a, yes, there is a, a fundamental difference between the gospel and the implications of the gospel. Right. Obviously. Yeah. But they say that, um, they use that word nuanced when you start talking about actual issues that okay. need to be affected by the gospel. Right. They'll say, well, that's a nuanced position. And I'm... You want to give an example? Um, so, uh, I don't want to name drop or anything. Oh. So I'm trying to. Um... As as your um, as as I, I was I was building a sermon, and I was I was throwing it around with a couple of the pastors, and um, as I, I I got into the habit when I was preaching that not only should my main point be about Christ, mm -hmm. but all of my subpoints should should also Absolutely. point to the cross. And so it's not just a gospel presentation at the end. Yeah. It's actually every point is built on the gospel. You're not delivering right. a TED Talk or a keynote speak. You're actually preaching. So You're preaching. So yeah. it, it has to be saturated with the cross, right? Completely agree. And so somebody dropped that nuanced word on me um, because I they were like, well, you know, this isn't the gospel. This is like an implication of the gospel. And I'm like, well, no, this has gospel implications. They're like, well, it's a little bit more nuanced. 
and see and, when and people, people use it like that, it. they're being condescending. Because super, and that's that's the only that's the only that is not how I'm choosing the way nuanced. that I've heard it. That's okay. That's fair. So, so nuanced is not that condescending. Mm. Uh, nuanced is literally, it's it's you literally have to kind of put things through a sieve to t- find difference. I totally I totally get yeah. what the word nuanced okay. means. Like there's, but that's how it's supposed to be treated. It's sure. not. It's it's not. It's not supposed to be a condescending. Like, oh, that's nuanced. Yeah. You know, because now you're like, okay, ain't that sweet? You know, like you're yeah, getting yeah. into like Southern Bell territory. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> uh, or <laughs> telling someone that they're which is a real thing in the South, by the way. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. If I went ever, to a Southern wedding. If you ever again. go to the South and some old white lady says, "Oh, bless your heart," she's not complimenting she just you. Dogged you. Oh yeah, you have you she have been excommunicated you. from her social group. <laughs> real quick. I am yep. going to point us down the Emmaus yep. road real fast, but I, I want to do a quick part two if you have time. Sure. All right. As we're talking about Marvel, yep. Um, what is it that you think um, the the Marvel uh, meta narrative? Okay. What is it you, that you think the Marvel meta narrative is saying, and how does that relate to Christ? So that's where it gets real iffy. Let's just stick to the movies, and we'll go comic books in part I'm not, two. I'm not even going to do the comic books on this. So, with just the movies, the current narrative, because it's been about grief, there's a lot of. There's a lot of different ways of handling it, and none of them really have a satisfying conclusion. Mm. What I've been seeing with WandaVision and Loki and all these like re- reactions, with, like from Loki seeing that, oh crap, I die, you know, yeah. and all this stuff is there's grief, but it's mismanagement of grief. It's showing all the flawed ways to handle grief. Mm. Okay. And I don't think it's an intentional thing. I think it's just the natural way of man, finite man, secular man writing. I'm like, well, this is how I know how to handle grief, so this is what I'm going to write. Write sure. what you know. Um, Even well, Thor chopping off Thanos' head. Yeah. It's kind of similar to that. That was him realizing. That's the dog's again. He should have gone for the head. <laughs> he should have gone for the head. Uh, <laughs> oh, when God. it comes to grief... Especially Christian grief, holy grief. Mm. I mean, you have things like in Proverbs 31, get to the man who's weeping strong drink, right? But that doesn't mean let him become a drunkard. Mm. That means come alongside with him, spend time with him, weep with him. Mm-hmm. That's what we see in Job, is mm-hmm. that they should have just kept their mouth shut and wept with him. Sure. And let him feel what he's feeling. Um, I don't want to go down an accidental Stranger Things thing that just popped in my head. Thank you, Kate Bush. Um but sorry, man. I I've been listening to so many covers of Kate Bush lately. Uh, running up the hill. Hold oh, another, hold another tangent. Oh, okay, you want to feel okay. what I'm feel? Okay. Uh, right. You want to know? No, that doesn't hurt me. Um, no, I, I think <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. So I think when it comes to grief in a Christian way, is what we're seeing with the Marvel movies is the grief spurs them to action. But it's flawed action. Mm. It's reactionary, right? Sure. As Christians, when we're we're allowed to grieve, Jesus wept. Sure. Right? 
but his grief doesn't spur him to reaction. It just spurs him to take action. Mm. To like, okay, this person died. I feel remorse and sorrow. I'm going to heal him, right? Okay. So that's a super extreme, but what do we do? Okay, I lose someone close to me. My dad died, and I had people come and be by my side because I didn't know how to process with my grief. Sure. Because although I was close to my father, I never actually had a relationship with my father as my father. So they helped me mourn the loss of a father. Mm. What it meant to not, like the fact that I didn't have that. Sure. And they just let me sit in it. They let me grow in it, foster, nurture, and come out of it in Christ. Mm. And I think in that, I grew as a Christian. I grew in Christ. I grew in my identity and who I am and what his view of me is. Mm. So you're essentially you're saying like the Marvel movies is a reflection of all the way we miss all the ways we mismanage grief. Yes. And Christ actually shows us the proper way to manage grief. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Because grief is a real thing. Grief is something that people don't know how to talk about. Grief is something that people still don't know how to feel. I mean, like, we still have to have conversations about, like, hey, man, it's okay to cry to another man. Yeah, yeah. You know, because we've gotten through this season of, like, like machismo and, like, uh, the, the, oh, I don't remember his name but an actor that was super prominent in western films like just um john wayne john wayne thank you like we grew up in america with this mentality of like real men don't cry sure when that's not true the realest men of men cried hard not cried wet yeah yeah like song um like ugly face you know like so that should cause us to pause and, and I reflect. mean, what you're, what you're saying is deep, too, because grief is not just, um, like, when you lose somebody. No. It's it's not just, in a, like, an extreme case. Losing a job. Dude. Or or changing jobs. Ending a relationship. Ending a, a relationship. Friendship. Ending a friendship. We, we just recently lost a friendship, man, that it came out of nowhere. Mm. And we've honestly been, like, grieving, like, keeping us up in that kind of thing. And I don't think we identify it as grief. And so, of course, we handle it like um, like um, uh, Clint. Eastwood? No. <laughs> like Barton. Clint. Um, um, Hawkeye. Clint Barton. Clint Barton. We handle it like him. We yeah. stuff it way down. And then it, un- and then it just explodes in yeah. uncontrollable ways. Right. Next thing you know, we have a... a Totally different identity from who we're supposed to be, right? Because we mismanaged our grief, and you're killing the yakuza in the middle of Hong Kong or whatever. Or um, Doctor Strange, Spider Man. How Spider Man came through, and he's like he's grieving the loss of having a secret identity so much so that he goes to Doctor Strange to try to undo some stuff, and then but he has. More grief about the the fact that people won't remember who he actually is, and so it causes all. That's deep, man. I mean, yeah. like grief actually. I, I think in a in a very real way, grief manipulates even our relationship with Christ. Yep. To the point where um, 
we will stop running to him. Oh, 100%. In the midst of our troubles. like People people will straight up fall away and walk away because they so don't know. Like we become in love with it. We, we become in love with our grief. Yeah. We kind of hold on to it. As opposed to being in love with Christ. Yeah. Or on to, instead of that, some people actually incorrectly turn to Christ as like you're the culprit. You're the source of my grief. Right. Yeah. And for sure. They, they, they correctly say you're the reason. You're, you're in control of this. But they don't go... Why did you let this happen? It's like you let this, you you forced this to happen. They they kind of forget the fact that like he doesn't cause sin, he allows it, mm-hmm. and it's for his good. And as painful as it is that I lost my dad, there's some good that came out of it. There are women out there who I am heartbroken for whatever situation they've been through, whether it's rape or a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. But there is good that they don't recognize until years later that is born of this situation, the depth of growth that they had in their relationship with Christ fostered something and it's painful and it's not my place to even come close to saying like I can relate because I can't, Mm. but I've felt a depth of grief before and I've felt a depth of grief that pales in comparison to the depth of grief that Christ felt when he was on the cross saying, father, father, why have you forsaken me? And if he can go through that and still stand before the throne, basically, and still be beloved, oh my gosh! Yeah. How much more can we in him? I don't think him? I've ever thought about that. Jesus says, "Why have you forsaken me?" He could have gone to the throne of God and asked him that directly. Yep. And in a way, he was because yeah. the cross was his throne in that moment. Good gracious. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I like, can do so, a Jesus joke here or there. <laughs> I can't. I'm just thinking like so. You have this vision in Daniel, where Jesus is walking back into the throne room of God. He could have stopped yep. at the threshold and said, "Hey, man, what's your problem?" Yep. And he walks in. The talk, I, I mean, I'm, what I'm thinking through is, um, Jesus's example of what it looks like to be a real man still takes ultimate betrayal and still says, but I'm going to retain the relationship. Yep. (laughs) Yo, I got to wrap this up real quick. Um, Hang in there uh, because we're going to be coming back with part two. Uh, We're probably going to take a potty break, (laughs) but it's going to be like a whole week until y'all see this next one. So never mind potty break. (laughs) I hope y'all come back for part two. Uh, me and Troy are hanging out, talking about all kind of stuff, man. And um, man, to the glory of God, Amen. we have to um, we have to see Jesus even in the meta narratives of something as simple as Marvel. Yep. We have to see what it's saying about our human condition and how Christ is the remedy to all things. And so uh, that's where we're going to leave it. Hope y'all enjoyed the conversation. Uh, y'all make sure to, like I said before, like, share, subscribe if you're on YouTube. Make sure to keep listening and subscribe if you're over on the podcast. Drop your voice some uh, words of encouragement. The email is down in the description. Until next time, y'all. Love y'all. Grace and peace.